Welcome to the Soft Life with Sadie Baddies. Sadie Baddies is the antidote to mental health stigma, and this podcast is hosted by yours truly, Priscilla O. Adjman. We are a virtual sanctuary centering Black and multiracial people, and we prioritize the mental and emotional nourishment that is the foundation of collective healing in our communities. Thank you for being here. Welcome back to the Soft Life Baddies. Happy New Week. So you know, we are going to be changing our uploading days from Mondays every week to Tuesday. So you can come back here every Tuesday to get your fresh dose of the Soft Life podcast. So last week's episode was all about lucky girl syndrome. And I think y'all really loved that episode. I got so much feedback and comments and shares about that episode. And that episode was all about manifestation, affirmations, and rewriting your own narrative. And this episode is for you if you are a little bit into woo-woo every now and then, but you want to combine some of that practical advice and combine it with actionable steps that can help you to see the mystery and the phenomenon that is behind luck. Um, And it's also for you if you're ready to start rewriting your own narrative too and get unstuck. Sometimes We can feel like there is no way out. And I think this episode is really designed to show you that there is a way out. And last but not least, if this episode, if you are someone that's curious, or maybe even if you're suspicious of manifestation and affirmations, um, this episode is definitely for you. And I want to share one amazing comment that we got on last week's episode and last week's topic, it really touched me because, you know, sometimes when I put out content and this goes across, this is for all content that I share online or in person. And sometimes you don't know if it's going to stick or if it's going to land or if it's going to resonate with the people that you're sharing it with. And my intention is for everything that I share to be of use, for it to be of purpose and intentional. And whenever I do get feedback that the content that we're sharing is useful to you, it makes me so, so, so happy. So I want to share this comment from one of our amazing community members, Christy. And she wrote, listening to this podcast, I wanted to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for being so transparent, for sharing your story, for being realistic, and for instilling hope. As someone with depression, positive thinking is hard for me, let alone affirmations. The best I can do is develop a negative into a positive, but I still have hope, just like in the affirmations you shared. Christy, thank you again so much for for listening and for tuning in and for being a part of this community. You matter so much, and I'm just so grateful to be a part of this space And so if you ever want to share feedback or you have any takeaways from any of the episodes or any of the conversations, please feel free to reach out to DM us, comment, email us at community at saddiebaddies.com. We will definitely respond. And soon we're going to have more of an interactive experience here where you can leave comments and replies and we'll even grab some listeners voice notes and voicemails from you all so you can really be part of this conversation more. I'm just sending you all so much love. So this week's episode is all about liminal spaces. And I wanted to frame this episode about being between a rock and a hard place and dealing with liminal spaces. 
And if you're like, what is a liminal space? Don't worry, I got you. A liminal space refers to the place a person is in during a transitional period. It's a gap. It can be physical, like a doorway or an uh, airport or a space where you're going from one place to another. It can be emotional, like a divorce or separation, or it can be metaphorical, like a decision. So essentially, a liminal space is the space between what was and what's next. I became kind of fascinated with liminal spaces. Um, I want to say about two to three years ago, I didn't know that there was a word for that in-between space that you can be in both like emotionally, metaphorically, but also physically and having these spaces that represent a transition in our lives. I want to talk about liminal spaces in the way that they can help us grow because I think being in a space of discomfort or being in a space of waiting and kind of just being in this limbo, if you will, makes you really, it can make you really anxious. And I think it's okay to feel that way. I think it's it's very healthy to embrace those feelings of fear or nervousness or apprehension. But I also want to share how much liminal spaces have helped me grow in my own life. And if you are in between a rock and a hard place, or if you are in a liminal space in your life, or you're in a transitional phase and period of your life, this episode is for you. I also think this liminal space conversation is interesting for me because if you follow us on Instagram, which you can and which you should at the Soft Life Pod and Sadie Baddies, you'll know that we finally were out of a liminal space ourselves. And that came with the news of our official registered trademark being approved. So if you are a small business owner or an entrepreneur and you've ever attempted or tried, or if you're in the process of having anything trademarked, you know how long of a process it is, you know how expensive it is as well, and how it can really just be this waiting game. And I think finally getting that letter of approval or that email of approval that I've been waiting on for over two years was just confirmation that being in this liminal space of waiting for this really important approval decision to go through, everything was worth it. It was worth the wait. So being in a liminal space can be extremely frustrating. Whether it's a relationship or a career or your family or even your home life, being in this liminal space is in between where you're waiting between what was and what next can leave a lot for interpretation and it can leave a lot for it can be it can be a space where you can just kind of dwell and feel frustrated or feel anxious, like I mentioned. And it's kind of this space between comfort and discomfort, which can be amazing for our growth. But when we're really sitting with that emotion, it can also be really difficult and tough to navigate and to deal with. So staying fully present in this space is key and not hyper focusing so much on the past or the future. And one way that I've learned how to embrace this this presence or this this fully present moment or moments is through practicing different 
techniques such as meditation and making that an anchor of how I go about my day to day. Again, I think being fully present when you're in a liminal space is really what's going to help you to get through it because sometimes the only way to deal with it is to just sit down and be present while you're in this transitional period of your life. So if you're going through a breakup, for example, and you are in this space of feeling, you know, still having strong feelings for your ex, but maybe not ready to go full-fledged into a new relationship, that's a liminal space. Or if you are going through a career change or making a huge pivot, or maybe you even just got laid off from a job and you're going through this phase of unlearning what you thought you knew about yourself, that's also being in a liminal space. Or maybe you're moving around a lot and you're your your lease is ending and you've got to pack up your stuff in a couple months and it's making you freak out and it's really making you really, really anxious, that's also being a liminal space. There's so much depth in the discomfort of being in a liminal space and sometimes the only way out is through because being in a liminal space can help you to lay down the seeds and the foundation of what's to come next. There is so much room and opportunity for growth while we're going through these transitional periods of our lives. And I just want to remind you, especially if you are a 20-something or you're a younger person and you're going through all these transitions in your life and you feel like nothing in your life is rooted and grounded and you don't feel settled, I want to send you so much love because that was me for a very long period of my time, a period of time And I know exactly how it feels to feel unsettled, to feel not grounded and feeling so frustrated and wanting to just end this chapter of your life and go on to the next one, whether it's you starting a new job or getting out of this relationship, whatever the case may be, just know that it is okay for you to not feel your best right now. And I want to acknowledge that because I know sometimes we can feel like everything in our lives needs to be perfect. We have all of our shit together. The truth is that's not what life is about. Sometimes it's going to be messy. And I think one aspect of embracing softness is being okay with the, the fact that things are not okay. Extending grace and compassion to yourself, especially when you're in between a rock and a hard place, is essential because Being hard on yourself or forcing yourself to speed up a process or to rush a decision, that's not going to benefit you in the long run. What's really going to help you is to be fully present and slow down and make the decisions that are going to benefit you right now as well as in your future. I think about just also the fact that right now we're in winter, we're in January, and it's cold. It's been gray outside for like two weeks in a row here in New York. It's been very dreary and it can really you can kind of just let those things, those external factors that we have no control over really get to you and make you feel just gloomy and down inside and want to anticipate summer, want to anticipate spring, which I'm sure we all do. But the truth is the seasons are not changing for us. They're going to change at their own pace. And I think remembering that we are we are nature. It's not like nature is outside of us or around us. We ourselves are nature. And remembering that just 
like the winter has its phases and just like there's going to be times where there's going to be harvest and there's going to be time to sow your seeds that is the same exact experience that we have as humans and not rushing that process of being in the winter of your life and if you're in the winter of your life if you're in that that muddy awkward uncomfortable space just know that you're planting the seeds you're building a resilience you're building a character right now that's going to help you to grow and to move past your next phase in life anytime I think about the weather or not just the weather but every time I think about nature and how its cycles are so perfect and they don't need explanation they just have a natural rhythm it helps me to feel less anxious about the own the, the transitions in my own life as well so again if you're in your winter right now or you're in your flop era or if you're in whatever era you're in right now just know that there is a lot of resilience and there is a lot of character that you are building underneath it all and maybe it's not even visible to other people but when you come out on the other side, which you will, you're going to be so grateful that you took the time to take care of yourself and nurture yourself, which I hope you are at this time in your life. I want to share three examples of when I felt like I was in a liminal space myself. And the first example, honestly, the the first thing that came to mind when when I was thinking about how I wanted to share this was moving. If you know me really well, and if you're a close friend of mine, you know how much I moved in my early 20s. And I would say for about five years straight, I, as you know, lived in New York City. And it's kind of normalized to move around a lot, especially when you're in a big city like New York It's very normal to have like subleases or have really short leases or kind of have random roommates. But this was my reality for a while. For about five years straight, every single year I had to move. And sometimes it would be less than a year. I remember my shortest lease was six months long. So I never really had the the chance to feel fully settled and fully at ease because I just knew, okay, well, if I get settled here, I can't really plant any seeds down or I can't put any roots down in this space because I'm going to be moving again soon. And it might seem really, oh, that's just, you know, you're just moving. But for me, as somebody who's a highly sensitive person, it wrecked me every single time I had to move. And I moved from living in Queens to living in Brooklyn and different parts of Brooklyn. And finally, I settled into my current space, which is in Manhattan and um, in Harlem. And I I really struggled with having to move constantly because it, it made me feel so unstable. It made me feel so unstable having to pack my things up and move again. And now, you know, I'm kind of an expert mover and Packer because I've had to do it so many times, but at the time it really made me feel so unstable. And I had a lot of shame around it too, because, you know, I I would, I would move so much because a lot of it was, it was rooted in my, my lack of security financially. 
when I didn't have the means to really afford, you know, living by myself or living in a one bedroom, I had to have roommates or I had to have a sublease and, and live with people who maybe were not my first option of people to live with. And that's not to say I'm not grateful for those like opportunities and spaces that I was able to just, you know, have a temporary place to live. And it just still felt like, okay, I'm 25, I'm 26 or you know, insert whatever age I was at the time. I just felt like at that time in my life, I should have had enough of a cushion where I didn't need to accept the bare minimum when it came to my living expense, my living situation. So I beat myself up a lot. I beat myself up for feeling like I was always kind of in this transient state of not feeling fully settled. There were times I couldn't even remember all the addresses that I had because I had been moving so much. And, you know, it just it, it kind of represented a, a point in my life where I wanted to feel so grounded and I was craving that security. I was craving that stability. And I just didn't have that. And I will say that, you know, that period of time in my life was really hard for me. And I think that's why now I am such a homebody. I've been living in the the space that I'm in right now for a little over a year and a half, almost two years now. And it just dawned on me recently, actually, as I was cleaning my home, that this was the this was the first space that I had been living in for over a year since I was 18 years old. So since I was 18, which was over 11 years ago, 12 years ago now, I'd always been moving and, you know, this started from being in college and having to go to one dorm to another dorm then at the following year. And then after college, I was with my parents for a year before I moved back to New York City. And then in New York City, I was, you know, moving and having all these different roommates and, and it just felt so unstable and it really was unstable. And the moment I realized, wow, this is the first time since you were a a child essentially that you've had your own space for more than a year like that was so huge to me and I I remember there would be friends of mine or people that I knew that were were living in their apartments or living in their homes for two years three years or or even longer than that and I so desperately wanted that sense of stability I was just so tired my soul was so tired from having to keep picking up and moving and picking up and moving and, you know, having to find a space that trying to make a home out of nothing or trying to make a home in a, an environment that didn't feel like home to me. And so I think that's why now I put so much effort and time and energy into making my space my sanctuary. And I remember one of my best friends, um, told me, you know, during this period of time in my life, I would talk to her a lot about it. And she, she, she told me how I didn't need to ever worry about having a home or feeling uncomfortable because home is, is within you. Home is in your heart. And she also told me that I'd built a home. I had built my own sanctuary through Sadie Baddies. And when she said that, I broke down crying because I did. I realized like Sadie Baddies was 
my way of creating a home, creating a virtual sanctuary. And that's why it is called a virtual sanctuary because that was an outlet that I needed at the time. I didn't have an outlet. I didn't have a space where I felt fully comfortable, fully myself. And so even if it didn't have four walls and it's it's a it's a virtual space or it's a digital space, it still became a home for me. And and I think being able to create something in the pits of discomfort, that's true creativity. Being able to create something when you are between a rock and a hard place, that is true innovation. And I'm so grateful that that experience in my life led me to something better versus taking away that element of creativity, of wonder, of curiosity. That's always going to be within me. So I'm just so grateful for the space that I have now and the home that I've built here. And it just is a testament that despite however many changes I had in my in that phase of my life, and I do feel like it was a phase because that chapter has definitely been over for a while now. It taught me so much. I, I will never forget how, how I had to figure out a move within two weeks of being notified that I my lease was was being ended more than once that happened to me like two or three times I would have to move very abruptly and during the pandemic I actually was living in a, an apartment with a roommate and we abruptly had our, our lease end as well during the pandemic in 2020 and I had no choice but to move and I had literally a week and a half to get all my stuff together and find a new apartment and I did but Again, it was always just this this space of feeling never fully comfortable. And it really did a number on my nervous system. Being somebody that craves a nice, comfortable home environment, that craves a safe space, that craves comfort, and I didn't have any of those things with me, I had to build them, was really difficult. And I'm just grateful that something positive did come out of that experience and that's one my appreciation for my home now and two it's my expert level skills at packing and moving and <laughs> now I'm able to you know help my younger sister when she was moving into her dorm or help friends that are going through similar space in their life because I've been through it so much another time in my life where I felt like I was in a well I knew I was in a liminal space was being unemployed and that was definitely a liminal space I mean I've talked about this before but being unemployed is one of those those experiences where unless you've been through it you really don't know what it feels like and there was even times where I was employed and I was just so uncomfortable and so unhappy at my current role that I still felt like I was in a liminal space even though I had a job it didn't feel secure or it wasn't somewhere I wanted to be so I wanted to transition out of it but that in between of not knowing what your next step is that fear that's where the fear comes in and being unemployed for last last year over the summer when I was unemployed for about 
two months and looking for a new job, that is, it's frustrating. Looking for a new job is a full, a full-time job in itself. And I know so many people, unfortunately, who've been laid off recently, especially um, people within my network or people that I know or friends who are in the tech industry, a lot of people are getting laid off and it's, it's really, it's scary. It's, it's really uncomfortable to be in that space. And I know that feeling firsthand. I think what helped me in that liminal space that I was in pretty recently was knowing that Number one, this space that I'm in doesn't define who I am. It is just, it's just kind of this, the environment that I'm in isn't dictating who I am on the inside and, and kind of separating what's happening to me versus who I am as a person. Because sometimes we can conflate our experiences as, oh, well, this happened to me because I'm a bad person or because I deserved it or because I'm not worthy. And I think removing some of those narratives away from the fact of the matter is if you got laid off recently, it's most likely because your company is trying to make some really big fiscal decisions that probably have nothing to do with you. And uh, not to discredit your effort or your work or your input to your company, but to be honest, companies and brands and businesses are going to operate conservatively because we are in a recession and that's what a lot of companies are doing across industries they're trying to be as conservative financially as possible and that doesn't make it okay for you to lose your job but looking at it as objectively as possible is what really helped me to not internalize those feelings of loss and I've talked about this a lot on um, embracing your flop era which was um, two episodes ago if you episode 21 if you haven't tuned into that already but that really exemplified me knowing I I don't need to internalize this situation looking for a new role is really really it can do a number on your self-esteem and if you're going through that period right now just be as patient as possible in this space um and I know you probably don't want to hear that but it truly is one of those mindsets switches because if you are beating yourself up about this and then you're also trying to put yourself out there it's very counterintuitive to not believe in yourself but then also expect and hope for the best right so one thing I always had to do was say affirmations every day I had to change how I was thinking about my situation and I had to lean on people and ask for help So don't be afraid to ask for help and don't be afraid to tell your friends or people that you are close with or your loved ones like, hey, I need help. I'm really going through it right now. Do you have a referral? Do you have somebody that you can put me in contact with? You know, don't be embarrassed to to ask people to help lift you up. That's what community is about and what it's for. And being through that liminal space really helped me to definitely definitely appreciate my my current role which I have now and it helped me to look at the positive outcomes out of being in that liminal space and and being unemployed and and not having 
secure income for two months. It, it helped me to really look at some of my habits too. It forced me to look at my spending habits. It forced me to look at my pain points financially and where I needed to improve. So again, that liminal space was a really uncomfortable time for me. However, it allowed me to grow and it allowed me to pivot. And I'm grateful that thankfully I navigated out of that situation through the help of friends, family, God, my support system. And I I know how it feels to be in that space. It's so heavy feeling. And I just hope that you're extending grace to yourself if you are in that situation. And lastly, I would say being in a liminal space with your friendships or your relationships, especially if you're like, <laughs> if you're in a situationship or you're in a dead end kind of situation or relationship in your life, that that's also being in a liminal space. It's kind of being in the space of what was versus what's next. And I know for me, when I had to end a, a dead end friendship and um, I've talked about friendship breakups in season one, but friendship breakups are really hard. They're really, really hard because Sometimes it's not because the person that you want to end a friendship with is bad or they've done something wrong necessarily or they're just this terrible person. Sometimes it really is knowing that it's the end of a cycle and having to acknowledge that and it's really difficult, especially if you do care for that person. One thing that I had to do though is ask myself, does this person fit into the current version of who I am today, period. Not the future version, not me five years from now. Does this person and who they are, their values, their belief system around our friendship specifically, not like their religious belief system, but does this person fit into the person or fit into who I need right now in my life? And when I realized that the the friendship that I had to end was really because of outgrowing and, and not feeling aligned anymore emotionally, mentally, physically, um, that was when I got that clarity to, to end that dead-end friendship. Or if you're in a situationship like, you know, I've been in a situationship before in the past and it really was, for me, a time to be super honest with myself about what I wanted in a real healthy relationship and learning that I didn't have to settle for less. I didn't have to settle for half-ass anything. I, I could have my cake and eat it too. I could have, why choose one love language when I can have all of them, which I do now. And I think realizing I didn't have to settle for the bare minimum is what saved me from heartbreak. It's what saved me from being miserable and resentful and bitter five years down the line. And eventually cutting off both a dead end friendship and a situationship left me with so much room to grow. It's literally like cutting split ends or cutting dead, end, dead ends on, on a plant. When you cut that off, you are literally allowing new room 
and new opportunities to grow. So me ending a dead end friendship or ending a situationship helped me to find my true friends. And it helped me to find people that I really connect with on a deep soul level and the people that I call my circle today. And it also helped me to realize what kind of friend I wanted to show up as in the future. Being in that liminal space in a situationship helped me to realize I don't need to settle for the the bare minimum. I don't need to put myself in a predicament or a situation where I'm not going to be 100% happy. For what? Because when you have your own standards and when you live life by your own standards and those standards are catered and designed to promote your well-being, you don't have to wait for someone to meet you there. The right person will just naturally show up in your life. And that's exactly what happened in my situation. Once I left situationships or I left dead-end friendships, I left so much opportunity and room for healthy relationships to grow now. And I'm really grateful for that because if I hadn't done that, like I said, I wouldn't have made the friends I have now. And I also wouldn't have the healthy relationship that I have now. Um, And I think it's really important to take a break in between those spaces that you're in so that you can allow those, those moments of clarity to come. But just being aware and mindful that you do deserve a healthy love, that you do deserve healthy relationships, both platonically, romantically, and you don't have to settle for the bare minimum. So that's what that liminal space taught me. And I'm really grateful that I was observant enough to pay attention to what I was learning versus what I was um, just kind of observing and taking that information and actually applying it and making changes in my life so that I could reap the benefits. So here's how to deal with being between a rock and a hard place, or here's how to deal with being in a liminal space if you are going through it right now. So number one is to feel all your feelings. I know I say this a lot, but truly feeling your feelings is so healthy and it's so important. It's really going to allow you to have the space to understand your emotional range. Because if you're someone that can go from happy to sad to crying to whatever, you know that you have a lot of expressions. However, feeling your feelings means being able to cry about it. I cried so much when I was in my liminal space, especially when I was moving a lot, because I just craved stability. I craved security and I wanted it so badly. I cried so much. I journaled so much. I I would have meditations, deep, quiet meditations for sometimes an hour, just trying to tap into the part of me that was very still and the part of me that was very centered. And I really think that's where that's where your spirituality and your spiritual strength really shows up for you because when you sometimes don't have anyone else to rely on or you don't have anywhere to go, sometimes just asking God to be that anchor for you and with you is the only thing you can do. And I I had to do that a lot of times. So feeling my feelings, journaling, letting everything out, crying, having bad days, having do not disturb days, 
also practicing somatic healing. So somatic healing in, if you're not familiar, is, is healing through your senses. So it's, it's touch, it's dance, it's laughter, it's, it's music, it's doing, working with your hands. And that is really those, that liminal space that I was in was the time that I learned how to work with my hands and how to, you know, put my hand on my heart, on my heart and my chest and, and really breathe deeper, take deep belly breaths and reset my nervous system when I was feeling overwhelmed because I felt like that so often. So finding ways to feel my feelings, but not just stay in my head, get out of my head and, you know, work out or exercise or take walks, whatever it was I needed to do. I had to do that as a way to anchor myself on a day to day. Number two would be to create rituals and routines. If you know me, you know, I love a good ritual. I love a good routine. I love a morning routine, night routine, after work routine, any kind of routine. I'm into it. So (laughs) one thing that really helped me again to stay anchored and and grounded was meditation. I absolutely love and swear by meditation. I think it's such a beautiful practice. And, you know, if meditation is not your word, it might be prayer for you. It could be whatever form of stillness that allows your mind to be at ease. That is a form of meditation. So meditating for me became a big practice and it helped me to really, um, I felt less anxious every time. The more I would meditate, the less anxious I felt. Um, so creating routines and rituals that helped me to feel grounded was essential. It was an, it was a non-negotiable for me because if I didn't, I would feel unhinged 24 seven taking bubble baths was also a big practice and still is. I actually recently took one this weekend and I forgot how much I love taking bubble baths, but even if you don't have a bubble bath or a bathtub, um, I should say you can you can have different cleansing rituals where you're taking a shower and you're just imagining all the stress washing away from you from the whole day. I used to do that and I still do that every every time I'm in the shower. I always visualize it's like a quick visual exercise. I visualize, you know, all of the stress, all of the worries melting away and I take my time to lotion myself and pick out some nice silk pajamas and feel like a brand new person by the time I'm done. Cooking a meal, that's being in this liminal space that I that I was in was also the time I, I really started to cook more for myself. And um, because it made me feel, it made me, it helped me to rely on myself more. If I knew I was going to come home from work or if I knew on the weekend I was going to be able to cook for myself, it gave me a reliability that I'm taking care of myself despite the chaos that's going on around me, despite whatever my environment is, me cooking for myself is an act of self-love. So cooking a nourishing meal has always been a way for me to come back to myself and also to share it with loved ones. Um, Taking long walks. I think walks are underrated. Just taking a long walk whenever you can to help to center and ground yourself is going to help you start to piece together bits of your routine on a daily basis. 
And then obviously seeing friends and being connected with your loved ones is going to help you form a sense of stability because I know for a fact when there was times when I felt so unstable and so transient and just all over the place, seeing my friends was always an anchor for me because they're the people that show up for you sometimes when you can't even show up for yourself. So Again, creating rituals and routines is really what's going to help to ground you when you're in a liminal space. And this can go from you ending a relationship to you uh, having to make a big decision or you having to move. Whatever it is, creating those rituals and routines is really going to help to make you feel at ease and ground you and create soft spaces for you to land. And last but not least... Mapping out your exit strategy is a little bit daunting. It can feel daunting, but I think mapping out an exit strategy every single time I've been in a liminal space has always been foolproof. Every time I've been in a space of whether it's me having to move again or me looking for a new role or me ending a friendship or relationship, Having an exit strategy and figuring out how I'm going to get out of this situation, it reminds me that I do have agency. I do have the power to move and get out of a situation I don't want to be in. And sometimes you're in a situation that you don't want to be in and you really do not have a choice but to be there. But when you, the minute you have the resources to get out of that situation, do it. And that's something I had to just embrace. And the, the more I did it, the less fear I had around making that as exit strategy or making that exit decision for myself. So making an, an exit strategy is essentially just finding your path out. If you really hate your job, what can you do to have an exit strategy? Can you start talking to friends or can you start looking on LinkedIn or looking on different platforms, which can help you to land a job that you really want. And of course, in this economy, it's very difficult. But if you do have people, you know, or you have a network or you have friends of people who are in the spaces that you would like to be in or that you can see yourself being a better fit in, why not reach out to them? Why not ask them to connect you? And If you don't feel comfortable doing that, you can always go the route of developing a network of professional people that you want to connect with. And sometimes it doesn't need to be you being super hyper visible. It could just be you grabbing a virtual coffee with someone and having a few conversations. And next thing you know, you could be getting interviews, you know, so being hopeful and being open minded to what your exit strategy could look like for you is essential because that's also going to give you some hope while you're in this liminal space while you're in this in-between space and you are starting to develop your as your ethics your (laughs) y'all it's so hard to say that word while you are developing your exit strategy it can help to make you feel empowered and embodied and not feel like you're just waiting and waiting and waiting and you're actually taking action to make your situation better so Take inventory of your life. If you are in a situation that is shitty and you know that you don't need to be in that situation, find out how you can make a strategy and ask for help. Don't be ashamed to ask for help. 
whether that's going to therapy, whether that's asking how to even get connected to a therapist or looking for different programs or support systems that can help you, that's really going to help you to feel excited about the next step. So again, recapping, if you're going through a liminal space, number one, feel your feelings. Number two, create rituals in your routines to help you stay grounded and rooted. And number three is to map out your exit strategy. I hope this episode helped you, especially if you're going through a liminal space or you're going through a chapter in your life that feels really uncomfortable, that feels really tough and difficult. And I am sending you so much love. I'm I'm sending you softness and ease. And I hope that I know that you will get better on the other side once this chapter is over. So just hang in there, buddy, if you're going through it right now. I'm sending you so much love and I will see you next week, next Tuesday. Please don't forget to leave us a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple. A lot of you have shared and reposted and sent so much amazing positive feedback and I thank you so much but again, the best way to <laughs> the best way that you can support an independent podcast like this is to leave a rating and a review and to share it with someone you love and follow us on the Soft Life Pod on Instagram, follow us on TikTok at the Soft Life Pod and we will see you next week. Stay soft. To stay connected, join Saddy Baddies on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and more, and sign up for our monthly newsletter on SaddyBaddies.com to stay in the loop. Sending you hella love and stay soft, baddie.